Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. It's Pastor Julie, and we're in the last of our sermon series, I Know the Plans, Finding Our Purpose. And today's sermon is Created to Change the World. And we are reading from Revelation 21, 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please hear our key verse, Jer 29, 11, one more time. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Now, we're on the last week of this series, and I pray that something in this series has sparked an insight to your own purpose, to the meaning of your life in God's eyes. We know that we have a purpose simply because we exist. God knows everything about us and still created us and gave us life. We were created out of love by God, created to be loved and to love, love God and love each other. Each human being, including you, is a unique individual, and God knew the plans for you before you were born, weaving that plan and purpose into our very DNA. We have natural talents and abilities, God-given passions for something in life, and as we talked about, when we repent or turn away from sin and put our faith in Christ, we receive the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit who endows each one of us with spiritual gifts to use for the good of all. Maybe there's a detailed minute-by-minute playbook for our lives, but since we have the freedom to make choices in life, we have the freedom to go our own way. And then there's sin. Sin in ourselves and sin in the world can alter the plans God originally had for us. So what do we do when we're stuck? When we can't find any value or purpose in what we're doing in our lives, how do we break free from the fear that everything we do will, as the writer of Ecclesiastes says, be meaningless under the sun? Because that's what we really want, right? To know that no matter what we end up doing with our lives, that it made a difference to the world that we were here, that we existed at all. 
Even if God knows the plans for us, how can we know that we're fulfilling them when we can't read the playbook? It's hard to catch the ball and make a touchdown if you don't know which way the quarterback is going to throw it. We want to score with our lives, show the world that we were here for a reason, and we hit the home run. Oh, sorry, wrong sport. You know what I mean. So I want you to do something. Take a minute to think about two different people. The first person I want you to think about is someone famous at any time in history, even in today's world if you want. Someone who has made their mark in the world in a good way. Someone you admire and look up to as a good example of someone who has fulfilled God's purpose for them. Now for the second person, I want you to think over your own life and think of a person who has impacted you for the better. Someone who has encouraged you, was kind to you in some way, taught you something that has helped you become the person you are right now, someone who has been a good example of how to be like Jesus, or someone who loved you unconditionally just the way you are. Now, keep those two people in mind as we go along. Now, has anyone seen an infinity symbol? It's a, it looks like a circle that's kind of been twisted upon itself. So there's, it's just like two circles that are butted up against each other. And there is no real beginning or real end to this symbol. It just keeps looping around and around. God is like that. God is eternal with no real beginning and no real end. Yet in our passage from Revelation today, God says, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So which is it? Well, we know the Bible, and especially Revelation, is filled with metaphors and imagery. God does not have a beginning or an end. God is the beginning and the end. Using Alpha and Omega, which are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet, is essentially saying, I am everything at all times. And this is important because we know from history, and especially our Bible, that there is an actual beginning of creation. God does not exist in time, but we do. And lots of times, when we as followers of Jesus Christ encounter challenging times, suffering and hardships, when it seems like the enemy is winning the day, we can point to the end of the book right here in Revelation and say, we know the end of the story. And what a beautiful picture it is, right? Christ comes again like a bridegroom coming for his bride. A new heaven and a, a new earth come together in a place where there is no pain and sorrow, no suffering or tears, where all the wrongs are set right and the world is a place of peace and joy. That vision alone gives me hope when my faith is running on less than half a tank and I'm faced with the sorrow of the awful things we find to do to one another. I just close my eyes. Imagine this sweet day when God's home descends to earth and we walk together as one people, experiencing the healing of the nations and the restoration of our souls. This gives me strength to endure just one more day or one more minute even of this world's troubles, knowing that it will come to an end someday. Just hang in there, I tell myself. Jesus is coming again. And it will be beautiful. Now, last Sunday, I was privileged to do the memorial service for one of our own, Tom Volker. He was a good man. 
He loved God, loved his family, and served Jesus in all he did. It makes it easy for a pastor to do a service like that when a person has lived their life this way. I spoke about the Dash story, and for those of you who don't remember that story or have never heard it, it kind of goes like this. On our tombstones, they put the date of our birth and the date of our death, and in between, they put a dash. Yet the dash has the most to say about who we were in life. Everyone is born, and everyone dies. But what we do with the dash time of our lives is really the most important part. So how would someone describe the dash story of your life? Makes you think, doesn't it? Well, it makes me think anyway. If we really want our life to have meaning and purpose, for others to say that it made a difference, that we were alive at all, then the dash of our lives is really the most important part of the story. Now, I'm going to get all existential on you for a minute, but follow me here. If our individual lives have a beginning and an end and a dash in between, isn't that the same for the whole story of humanity? See, our Bible reflects that pretty beautifully, if you ask me. Turn to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Boom! The earth was born. Now turn to Revelation 21 in our passage today. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down out of heaven from God. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Essentially, this is the death of that first creation. Now, not to try and to, not trying to sound all Disney on you, but it's a whole new world. We have the beginning and we have the end. Not of God, for certain, but of the original world God created. If you pick up your Bible, it's born in Genesis, dies in Revelation, and what happens in between is the dash story of the world, of humanity. And we are collectively living in that dash right now. If Revelation 21 were to happen today, and you had to preach the memorial service for how humanity has lived out that dash story of their lives, how would that go for you? Would it be an easy service for you to do? Or would you struggle to find something positive to say? Glad that's not my job for sure. The collective sins and absolute horrors of all that we have done to the planet, to the animals God has put in our care, and the unspeakable things we have done to other human beings. I don't think that'd make for a good message. It makes me wonder sometimes why Revelation 21 hasn't happened yet. It, let's just put an end to it and be done with all this pain and suffering, right? But here's one thing. God does have a plan for you, for us. A plan for our welfare and not for our harm to give us a future with hope. And it may not at the moment seem like the most loving thing to do, to make us wait and continue to live in that dash. But it really is. God created this world with goodness in mind. That love would live here in all its fullness. Love of God for God's creation. Love of the created for the creator. And love that lives in the hearts of all God's people for one another. We talked about how sin changed everything and altered that original plan. Yet God stayed with us, giving us ways throughout time to conquer that sin, 
to live lives of love and to bring the world back to the original plan. The Bible is the story of God, the God who never left us, who kept showing us his unconditional love over and over, and who created each and every human being with the gifts they needed to change the world and release it from the effects of sin. Jesus is the living, breathing example of that love through his life, death, and resurrection. And our faith in Jesus gives us the power to overcome sin and overcome death. The two things that keep us from living the lives we were created to live. Love is stronger than sin, stronger than death. And we have access to that power by our faith in Christ. Each one of us has been given gifts and talents. Some will seem to have more and some less, some more important than others. But every human being, no matter what their abilities or inabilities, their level of independence or dependence, is part of the dash story of the human race. Each time we use the gifts that we have been given in love, no matter how big or how small, we impact that story. And we change the world for the better, moving it closer to being the world God created it to be. So going back to those two people I asked you to think about at the beginning, that person whose name you can probably find in a book somewhere has really changed the world. And it was through their act of love, serving the human community in some way, fulfilling the plan God had for them. If you are remembering what they have done, they are still impacting the world for good because they are impacting you. Now, for the person in your own life, maybe they aren't in any book or even mentioned in a newspaper anywhere. But more often than not, the reason you thought of them today had to do with how they loved you or were loving to you in acts of kindness and making you feel you were important in some way. Well, they were right. You are. Every human being is important to God, and so we are all important. We are each given gifts, uniquely created to change the world through our acts of love. And when we do, we are fulfilling our God-given purpose and becoming part of God's plan for all of us. And maybe we'll not be maybe we will be the ones in the history books making a notable contribution to the world. But more often than not, we will impact the world through our acts of love to those we encounter each and every day. Some of those acts going unnoticed by most of the world. I've known people who have changed someone's life without even knowing it or realizing the impact of a simple smile or act of kindness. Every act of love changes the world and gives us a better dash story for our own lives and for humanity in general. Everything Jesus teaches us about how to live in this world is really about being loving in every situation. Love God through worship and prayer. Love our neighbors in all the ways we can. Acts of service are acts of love. Being encouraging, kind, patient, giving, compassionate, and forgiving are all ways we are called to be loving. And we can do that no matter where we are 
and what we're doing. If we're good with numbers and being the best accountant or bank representative or IRS agent, doing the job we have been given to be loving to others is how we change the world. If we're financially well off, we change the world by giving our resources to those in need, making a way to serve the good of all. And even if we don't feel we have anything we can offer to make an impact, doing small things with great love, as Mother Teresa said, is how we can fulfill the plans God has for us and change the world. The Bible is full of stories of small, seemingly insignificant people who changed the world through their acts of love. Consider Ruth, who loved her mother-in-law and refused to leave her. And that led her to being the great-grandmother of King David and an ancestor of Jesus. Fishermen who dropped everything and followed Jesus have brought the message of God's salvation to all of us. Then there are people we will never know who changed the world too. The person who first told Billy Graham about Jesus, maybe it was his grandmother or maybe just another follower of Christ who told him the story. That person changed the world for good. It was an act of love. And I know that God has put people in my life to show me love when I needed it to help me become the person I was created to be. I can only hope that I will be able to do the same for others. It's all about being loved by God and the many ways we can share that love in the world. See, each one of us was created to change the world in our own unique way. We may not know the original plan or ever know if we've done the exact thing we were called to do. But if we love well, if we are loving in everything we do, we will make a difference and change the world. Revelation talks about that new heaven and new earth coming down, heaven on earth. Each one of us has the power to bring heaven to earth right now. We do not need to wait for that some sweet day. Our faith brings Jesus to live within us as we love. And as we do that, we grow the kingdom. And finally, when everyone has that kingdom living inside of them, it will be here. It is through love that we bring heaven to earth and move closer to the world we want to see. And that makes for the best dash story, don't you think? But in reality, once heaven lives in us, God makes that dash an infinity sign. We live forever. If we want to see that world in Revelation, we can help it get here by bringing the love of God to earth through our actions and by living the plan, God's unique plan for each one of us. You were created to change the world in the name of love. So go, make disciples of Jesus Christ in the name of love. Go, work the plan, and change the world. Amen.